Welcome to episode 19 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. I believe today we're going to talk about step two uh, of the happiness and productivity workout, or number two in the happiness and productivity workout, which is about watching your mouth. Well, we had somebody who had submitted a question um, around gossip um, and the fact that it's something that she is dealing with on a daily basis. That's something that she has always, I mean, I think that's something that we sort of deal with. We walk in. Um, people like to talk about other people. And so handling herself in gossip, but also not getting stuck, you know, sucked up into that that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so let's get, let's talk about the definition first. The technical definition that if you're going to be like 100% in integrity, I would say that the cleanest you can be. And I don't, I don't mean like there's some law that says this is what gossip is. I'm just saying if you want to be the cleanest you can be, then if you never talk about anybody that's not in the room, you're clean. <laughs> like there's, yeah, yeah. you never have to worry about it. It's right. just, that's just a no brainer. It's an easy thing to remember. If they're not in the room, you don't need to be talking about them. Now, that is not the easiest thing in the world to do because we have all these complicated lives where we're all intertangled and mixed up with each other and trying to sort stuff out. Um, so then if you were to go to the next cleanest definition, it would be never say anything negative about anybody who's not in the room. Um, because, you know, the first definition, you would be technically gossiping even if you're sharing good news about somebody. Right, right. right. But then the definition under that is like nothing negative, meaning, you know, just, I mean, you can obviously share, oh, you know, Truman had a great day at school today and, you know, you want to share that with your husband and right. he's not in the room, you know what I mean? It's right. like, and that's where, that's why I think it can get a little weird because obviously you want to share, we share things about people in our lives with other people in our lives, especially good news and or something we're concerned about. Like, let's say Truman didn't have a good day at school today or, you know, like whatever it is, it's like you want to be able to talk, you need, you might need to be able to talk about that with someone. Exactly. So I try to keep it to, you know, I don't, if it's, there's a, there's a distinction between sharing about what's up with somebody that with somebody who is actually involved in that person's life versus telling some some somebody who has nothing to do like I don't need to go to my sister and tell her anything about your life right even though you know Kathy I mean mm-hmm. you know you you know oh yeah but you know if you shared something with me I have no business going and sharing that with other people right and so that's where I try to just stay I mean I do my best to be that top line if they're not in the room I don't need to be talking about them but obviously we talk about our children yeah. <laughs> I share stuff about my kids you know those kind of things so I really but I'm really try to be very rigorous about if you share something with me I never share it with somebody else and I go by that rule is it kind is it necessary is it true and is it necessary is the one that for me because the other two is it kind and is it true those, you know, like anybody can go by that. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. there's, it's an easy, oh, it's not true. I shouldn't be saying it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not kind. I shouldn't be saying it. But the whole, is it necessary? I think really reaches into that world of that part of us. that's human that wants to gossip and wants to talk about other people. Mm-hmm. And 
gets it, you know, like there's just stuff that's not necessary. Right. And so that's the one that checks me. Like I've literally checked myself. Even recently I've thought about something I'd like to share with somebody and I'm like, nope, not necessary. Right. It's just not necessary. Right. It's not. So shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's where I, I try to. So hard. And I really, that's a hard it one. Is, it's not an, it is. It's not an easy. And especially when you have groups of friends. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? That's, I feel like, where it gets into the biggest uh, piece of it is when you have groups of people who are friends with each other and something's going on with one of them. Yep. Right? Yep. That's when I think it's probably the hardest time is when someone in that group brings up something about someone else in the group. And usually it's, you know, I mean, it's not usually coming from a place of I'm going to gossip, although I think that happens. But in my world, that doesn't happen very often. People are pretty clear around me that they know that that doesn't fly right. <laughs> just to bring up stuff yeah. to gossip about yeah, like, like i'm not, gonna, ooh, I'm not you know not gonna who wants that. the scooby on what's going on right right um but this is more about like they're concerned about something mm -hmm. they're concerned about one of my friends and so they bring up a concern or you know something something big is happening in their life so that there's a concern you know something right. like that right and that's where i think you know you got to really walk a walk a line there and um, be, to be in integrity with yourself is just to stay, you know, I do my best just to stay positive. And if somebody says something that's none of my business, I just say that's none of my business. Right. Right. And that's helpful. Cause as soon as you tell somebody it's none of their business, none of your business, they don't want to talk. They're like, Oh yeah, <laughs> they get, they get a little check. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's not an easy one. I mean, it's especially with, you know, all the entangled relationships we have, it's not an easy place to locate yourself. Well, then there's also... There's also the parks. I want to check this before we move on as well with this area because there's also the part of I'm having an issue with somebody. I need to t I like I need to talk it through with somebody. Like I can't I'm not able to process it on my own and so I need somebody who I can to talk to about this. When yeah. does that turn from I'm having a problem with this individual or that something's going on to we're gossiping about that person or is there a difference? Yeah. I think there's a difference. Okay. And I think that the difference is in, first of all, the intention, mm -hmm. like what's my intention. If my intention is to like get this out of my head so I can help and have somebody else help me sort it out before I can move powerfully and to be in integrity with that, you know, like because I need to talk to that person about it and I'm not ready or there's something too emotional about it or, you know, there's stuff to get out. Um, but I also think there's people who are, appropriate for that conversation and people who are not right and i think that's where <laughs> the integrity like, i like the way master, you said not. <laughs> not okay well it's true there's not i mean it's not appropriate sometimes and that's where we get in that world of you really know in your in your heart of hearts that you're gossiping and that you're trauma sharing or doing whatever you're doing but you can guise it under i just need to get this off my chest kind of thing and that's where it becomes a slippery slope that it's like you know that's you're full of crap you know, <laughs> you're just you just want to gossip about it or you just want to talk about right, it. right you're just using um, it i totally get there's certain things that come up that you know are really you really want to talk about them um i find finding somebody like my pastor or you know, my coach uh, that has a confidential agreement with me. And my coach I can talk, share stuff with. 
she's a doesn't live here mm-hmm. uh b we have a confidential agreement that everything i say to her is confidential so you know i can talk about like if i have something i need to sort out um which is unusual because jessica and i are pretty good at talking to stuff but um if i have something that's come up with the kids that i'm um messed up about or haven't had a chance to talk to Jessica about, I can definitely talk to my coach and she'll give me, she has, you know, she has a high level of integrity and holds me to a high level of integrity. So she's not going to allow me to just gossip for gossip's sake. Right. But she's going to allow me to say, so I feel this way and blah, blah, blah. And she'll be like, yeah, and that's your ego talking. So let's get into what's going on there. You know what I mean? Like she's going to really have me look at what, where is this stuff coming from versus I'm just talking about this to want to gossip to you. Because she's not going to, she's not going to indulge the gossip. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. That's where there's, there's two sides here. There's the side of you coming to somebody to gossip. And there's the side of people coming to you to gossip. Exactly. When people come to you to gossip, that's when you have a lot of power because then you can say, hey, I have a commitment not to gossip. And as soon as you say that, people will back down like crazy because they don't want to, they don't even, (laughs) they don't want to go there. Yeah. Because it feels like super uncomfortable. Oh, totally uncomfortable. Yeah. If you say, I'm sorry, I just don't have, I have a commitment not to gossip. So can we change the subject or talk about something else? Then, But that's, you know, again you're functioning from that level that's just your higher math conversation i mean most of the world is not functioning there um but wouldn't it be awesome if we were yeah i've definitely functioned in groups where there's a high level of integrity and a commitment not to triangulate so you know if you have an issue with somebody you go to that person with a commitment to get it complete and that's a very powerful powerful place to be and i've I've been in that situation and it's it's fantastic <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and it's not the norm and I get that. No. I really get that. And wouldn't it be great if it was? I mean, basically. Um, if everybody came, you know, one of the reasons I think people are do gossip is we have this world of people are completely risk averse or don't want to deal with any confrontation. So instead of going to the person that they have a conflict with, they go to other people to try to deal with whatever they've got to deal with. The reality is you can't get any conflict complete with somebody else through somebody else. You have to go to that person. Um, And I get it. I'm conflict averse too. I don't want to deal with that. (laughs) I don't want to be scared, you know. And, uh, but, but I tell you, if all parties are, have a commitment to come get to the other side of it, then it could be so powerful to have those conversations one-on-one. And to, to come to those conversations with a commitment to get complete or to get through it with love and affinity or whatever it is, um, that can be just amazing. Oh, I, yeah, I bet. I'm not, I, I can't even imagine. I know that sounds horrible, but like I, I have incredible friends. I love my people. Um, but I think that this is one of those areas where, and I don't know, it sounds like very, maybe it could be a sexist statement. I don't know if it's more of a woman thing. I don't know. Like the the desire to sit around and, and chat about everybody and what they're doing and how that goes. Because um, even people who I know who are deep in the work are very prone to starting these conversations or having this or participating in these conversations yeah. when somebody else isn't necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. That's one of the things where I've been trying, I, I think where I've, I've balanced myself with this is I've been able to not necessarily start the conversation, but I have a hard time not getting involved with the conversation. Right. So I, I appreciate the statement, you know, I've made a commitment not to gossip. 
Um, but sometimes I don't even realize that it's happening until it's like coming out of my mouth. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. it's like, I'll catch myself. Like I did the other day when we were at lunch the other day. Yeah. It was funny. It was like, I said something and it was like, it came out of my mouth. It was totally something that it was about somebody else. It was totally something that that person would have told somebody themselves, but it still felt ugly yeah. to me. Like, I don't know. There was just something about it. And it was like, I couldn't. And I was like, I didn't know what to, and then we just sort of moved on. And I was so appreciative that everybody sort of just kind of like turned the corner. I think they probably could see the look of horror come over my face. Cause it wasn't, again, this person, if they said it, they would have said the same thing to everybody at that table. Right. But it was the fact that it was coming out of my mouth right. that felt wrong. Yeah. But see, that's the thing though. The more you flex your muscle on this, the more you feel what it feels like to be in integrity around it, then you can feel when you're out. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I mean, because you don't even know you're out of integrity until you, you know, people who just gossip as a way of life, they don't, they really believe they're not doing anything out of integrity. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. And so it takes like being in this conversation for a while and practicing not gossiping to get to the point where now you're at a place where something comes out of your mouth, you're like horrified. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. Where a couple of years ago, you would have said that and not thought anything of it. Never. Yeah. It wouldn't have even crossed my mind. But yeah, right. that, wouldn't and then I, and it was also, I mean, you know, the people that I was with, it was just so, I, it was one of those moments where you just go, Ah, you know, and it's and I've tried not to beat myself up about it afterwards, but it was. Yeah, you got to be nice to yourself because yeah. it's just a habit. It's yeah. just a habit. That's all it is. And we're trained from early on that that gossiping is normal, and mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think so. And I think yeah. that that's you know, it's like this gender role thing where you know you see kids even like shows and that kind of thing. The boys are off at recess playing sports or whatever, and the girls are standing right. around in a huddle gossiping you know right. and I, I i don't know if that's just we is it part of the n nurture part of ourselves that we feel like it's our yeah, business i don't know i don't know, yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah it's interesting i mean it's been there forever yeah. and i i will say that i've been i mean now that i walk through the through this world as a man i will say men are men gossip just as much i mean they're oh, really? all talking about oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> we get a bunch of men together they're talking about other stuff too not all not all the time but if there's something going on with one of them yeah they're talking about it interesting so, i've never been yeah. in a male gossip or they talk session. about things like uh they'll gossip about things they don't you know not necessarily their friends but like you know, who the next KU football coach is and why he's not getting hot. You know, I don't know. I'm just oh, making that yeah. up. But, yeah, yeah. You know, basketball. You know, like who who the, you know, big pro team and who's getting fired and why. And and they're all their opinions about that. And, you know, like they all have an opinion. You know, it's gotcha. stuff like that. Okay. That's so. an interesting – okay, wait a minute. Now I, you've stretched into a different territory because there is – I you know, here I am thinking about it from the personal perspective of talking about people – who I know and or have a relationship with or know of or, you know, whatever, acquaintances. Right. I didn't think about it in terms of, like, talking about, I mean, the new football coach or talking about Kim Kardashian and what she wore or that's all gossip. I mean, it right. really is. Yeah. I mean, technically, anything we say about any of our presidential candidates, if they're not in the room, that's gossip. But that's, clearly, that, that's yes. happening, right? Yeah. And they put themselves... Right. They put themselves in the public as public figures. So, I mean, technically it's, uh, I think 
you know, I don't even know what the slander laws are, but I think there's something about if you're a public figure, you have put yourself in that position to some degree. So, but my point is men talk about stuff. You know, I mean, I think it's a, it's a misnomer that men don't gossip because they do. No, I love that. I want to, I want to be a fly on the wall. Have you ever worked in an office with a bunch of men? No. Oh yeah, I have. They gossip. Yeah. And they can get into the drama of an office just like anybody else too. Really? That's interesting. Because I've always put this in this situation where it's been, I felt like it was like a female driven situation because honestly, like my superiors have always been male, but my peers have always been female. And so Mm. I've not ever been in a work situation. Uh, You know, I mean, there'll be like the random guy, you know, but most of the work that I do, and I don't know if it's my, my industry or whatever, but like. Most of the work that I do has been with women, and so I've always had it as a as a female thing. But it's interesting. I want to be the fly in the wall of a male gossip session. <laughs> well, and I worked for a company where the two owners were women, so I definitely heard men talking about. Oh, you know, I bet. Yeah, talking about work and talking about them and talking. You know, I mean, it's just so maybe I've just had that experience more. I'm also really. I mean, a part of it is coming up. My first men's seminar is next Thursday, and I'm really doing everything I can to stretch myself to not see men as other. Ah, let's go into that. <laughs> well, it's just um, you know, I mean, I in order to because be able this to do is gossip. I mean, but this is this is a perfect example of like what things that we reasons how we separate ourselves. Through, I mean, gossip, through whatever it is, conversations, being true, you know, being authentic with what you say. Just, uh, I just really want to be able to do this work with men, and I've had to transform my transform it myself because I've, I mean, if I got really get down to brass tacks, I've just been afraid of men my whole life. Hmm. You know, men have always been mean and scary and violent, and you know, there's a there's a video that Jessica had on her Facebook page recently that two young men are doing that's just fantastic. That basically talks about, you know, as a culture, how we expect men to be. And I love that video. Did you see that? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Did you see the statistic in there that something like, I can't remember the numbers. We'd have to go back and watch it. But it's something like 90 some percent of all murders are men. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like so basic in the way that they did the video. So basically, if you ever knew anybody who was ever killed, it was probably done by a guy. <laughs> Right. And so, you know, the reality is that's been my reality is every violent thing I've ever incurred, every uh, violent upset of any other of my, you know, I know lots of women who have been molested, raped. You know, the statistic is what one out of four by the time they're 24. And it always happens from some guys. So, I mean, I have had a lot of evidence that men are violent. They're obnoxious. They're, you know, they're all of those things. And so, I've really been working to transform that for myself and let myself get to know more men and let myself see that, you know, that's not, it's not necessarily so. And that, to be honest, I really so believe that most of that is that we train people, which that video speaks to. It's like that video says something very specific about how we go against what is natural to do what is accepted. Right? Because... You know, and they're talking about accepted meaning being verbose and being macho and being aggressive and all those things, meaning it's not even natural for them to feel that. It's not even natural. It's not, you know. And so um, I'm really, that's something I'm working towards is that idea that men are, that we're all the same and that it's just our training that makes us difference. I do think there's a little bit of chemical in there but with the testosterone, but it's not a lot. It's mostly training. 
Right. I oh, I I totally agree. When you, you know, especially when you think about like that whole brain breakdown where, you know, half only half of your brain is genetic. You know, 40% is how you interpret the world. Interpret the world yeah. and then 10% is that uncontrollable the car broke down the you know whatever the was late you know blah 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 so when you think about that that you know we control really 40 50 percent from that nature nurture perspective and it's like what do we do what do we do with with men from the very beginning is we teach them you know Boys don't cry, and boys aren't. Huggy and we call and them names and... like call them, call them, call them a guy a girl is a, yeah. is a horrible. Oh yeah, thing. you're it's a just, pussy. Yeah, you're, you're a yeah wimp, pussy, weak, and all those things that guys grow. And and they talked about in this video how the suicide rate is increasing among men um, rapidly because men are trying to keep up with this whole idea that they're supposed to be tough and macho and not show themselves and. All that stuff is it's goes against what's natural for them. It goes against, you know, all of us want to be expressive. All of us want to be want to do art and, you know, express ourselves powerfully in many different ways, not just and cry at the sad movie, you yeah. know, or well, or express, you know, if they feel pain, then they show it. I mean, at what point, at, you know, you see it. I'm seeing it right now, actually, with my son in the age range that he's at. He's seven, um, first grade. He is, and I'm seeing that changeover, this switch happen with the little boys in his class where it goes, it changes from, you know, it's, well, you know, they, they cry, they show their emotion, they do something, you know, kindergarten. And then these little first grade boys, you see it different. They, they you can watch them almost ha see that they've been told, like, boys don't cry, you know, mm. suck it up, walk it off, shake it off. Like, even when they're injured... Um, and it's happening as at seven and he, and I've got my little guy who is like the most expressive, huggy, lovey goof, you know, like, <laughs> and so these other little boys, even physical touch, you know, they start to not hug each other. They start to not, you know, it, it goes from a hug to a high five. And I see, you know, he runs up to hug his friend is a guy friend and they sort of, um, you know, uh, you know, feel a little uncomfortable about the hug, whereas the girls are over there hugging and braiding each other's hair, you know, and what it's happening so early, it just surprised me. It was really evident the other day to me. So it's interesting that we're having this conversation. Yeah. Well, and I'm seeing the same thing, except for that, you know, that's funny in terms of gendering and, and trying to shame. You know, it's interesting because my girl has been a, a couple of times trying to shame my boy about being girly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So somehow she's picking up at school that, or some, because certainly not with us. No. That no. being girly is, for a boy, is not okay. And the fortunate part about it for us right now is it goes right over his head. Yeah. So he gets teased. She tries to give him crap about watching Powerpuff Girls. And she'll say something like, Emmett watches girl shows. And he's like, what? She's like, Powerpuff Girls. And he's like, yeah, Powerpuff Girls are cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you're you like, like uh-huh. Right over my head. You know, like, so yeah. it's, it is weird to me that as early as six in first grade, mm -hmm. she's already getting ideas that boys shouldn't do girl things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, Truman will say, you know, pink is a girl color or – 
I, you know, he got embarrassed the other day. Um, my, he was watching something on his iPad. I think it was like my little pony or something like that. Um, and, um, my sister looked, leaned over and said, Oh, what are you watching? And he goes, it's a girl show. Don't tell anyone. And I was like, what? (laughs) And when Amy looked at me, like, where did that come from? I was like, not internally. I mean, there's nothing that we have done in our house. We're the, we're the opposite. You know, it's the carry the bit, you know, he wanted a baby doll. We got him a baby doll. We, you know, we never have gendered toys. We've never done talked about shows or anything like that. And, and it's, yeah, six and seven years old, and they're already in this place. I saw this little boy the other day, and he was wearing a shirt that was bright pink, and it said, Real Men Wear Pink. Nice. And I was like, wow, you know, that is awesome that he's wearing that shirt. And I was really excited about the fact that that was sort of the where he was coming from. But then I started thinking about it, and it was like, here we are, though, still... Right, doing the real man. What's yeah. real? What's real? What's real? <laughs> What's a real man? So weird, yeah. People wear pink. Right. You know, like maybe... Humans wear the... pink, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here's, though, I mean, let's flip this around for two things. I want to flip this around for... One, I just did a trans conference last week. So I was at this trans conference Friday and Saturday, and there's all these young people who are there. And I'm telling you, these young people are not having this. I mean, I am so inspired by them. They are not willing to be gendered by anybody. They're not willing to wear he, she. They call themselves agender. They call themselves, and here's a new word I've heard, demiflex. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, right. I haven't heard that one. Demi, I guess, means halfway. And then flex stands uh, is about fluctuation because they fluctuate halfway in between male and female as much as they want. Nice. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm completely inspired by this next generation that's just not having it. And so I really believe. And and what they're providing is even those of us, you know, I was talking to some trans guys about this and how, you know, when we were girls, we didn't ever feel comfortable putting on makeup or wearing a dress or having a purse or doing any of that stuff. But now that I'm a guy, I actually have a lot more freedom to do that because I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm like at a place where I'm comfortable in my own skin. When I wasn't comfortable in my skin, those things were a statement. Now that I'm comfortable in my skin, it's like I have a lot more freedom to be more feminine. But I think that that's also as a result of some of this non-binary gender stuff that's coming out that gives me the room to be able to do things like that. So I think it's really beautiful that we have a whole younger generation movement that's like, you're not going to tell me what, what, I'm not going to, you're not going to put me in a box. (laughs) I'm not, I refuse to be put in a box. Which is just like, and, it, and it's kids who, what I think has been amazing to me, watch for me with my, you know, high, my middle schooler too, is that it's not just the alternative. It's, you know, it's really becoming part of the norm. It's like not a blink of the eye. Like even my daughter who has informed me recently that she's pretty, she's like 90% sure she's straight. Um she is still, again, 90% sure that she's straight. She's having this conversation. She's having these conversations with her friends. You know, there wasn't, there are several kids that are trans or there are kids that are, I guess maybe that's that demi-flex, you know, I mean, that are, are dressing more in a either gender neutral or incorporating what would be oh. considered feminine and masculine in the same. Right. Yeah. 
you know, way. And it's like, and it's middle school, you know? And to me, that was the environment that I just am so impressed by because that is the moment where everybody, when I was growing up, was like, it was such a fucked up way. Oh, yeah. you, you know, And so, so binary, many, male, yeah. female, you know. That, oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so what I was saying was that I think that there was a, at this trans conference, we learned about this group in Houston that every week when the kids come in, they get a name tag, and that day they get to circle what their gender pronoun is. Fuck. So they That's can amazing. change. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, my friend and I were talking about KU, and um, her his daughter is at KU this year, freshman. And um, she was so excited because all of, as her, you know, they're filling out those, like, get to know you forms, even in these massive classes that a freshman has. And they were asked, you know, what pronoun would you like used when talking to, you know, what, what pronoun would we like, you, do you use? And that's the new thing I got schooled on for all of you, for those of you that are keeping up with the transgender uh, language and education. I got schooled by the young people that, it's not preferred pronoun anymore. It's what's your pronoun? What's your pronoun? Right. Yeah. Because you don't have a, you don't have a pronoun preference. It just is your pronoun. Yeah. So Ooh, it's yeah. not about a preference. Oh, that's good. No, I think that's important to distinguish that. Yeah, and that's why I thought this is it's you know I, this may seem like a scattered call, <laughs> but <laughs> it really we've been talking about language the whole time. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, in number two in the happiness productivity workout, it's about watching your mouth. And what I wanted to make sure to weave in there before we go is that the only way people know you is through your word. You just got to get that. The only way people know you is what comes out of your mouth. And so it's so important to have what comes out of your mouth be an expression of what you want to leave the world with. And the only way people know the people around you is the way you talk about them. Right. And that's so important because yeah. you don't want to, you know, be leaving people with an impression of your family or your spouse or your kids that they have this impression of these people because of your mouth. <laughs> that, that no, it's leaves, so true. You know, that leaves them judgmental or leaves them freaked out or leaves them worried about those people or, you know, it's just such a valuable thing to really get is the only way you're known is through the words that come out of your mouth. And you think about that state, you know, being impeccable with your word. I felt like, you know, when I first heard that years ago, that whole idea, you know, the four agreements and all of that kind of stuff, I think I thought of it more as like being honest, like always telling the truth. Right. Um, which is also obviously important. But I, I didn't think about it in terms of, you know, speaking about other people or, or saying things, you know, in... Or some things about yourself that you don't want to affirm. I mean, things Mm -hmm. like I'm terrible at math or whatever it is, you know, that I'm terrible at relationships. I don't do relationships well. Things like that. It's like, hello. (laughs) You don't want to be affirming that when you're trying to create the love of your life. I mean, that just doesn't work. And so, but I do think that we're so unconscious of what we speak that we're often not conscious of what we're affirming. We're not conscious. That's why I always say that you're, if you really listen to the words that come out of your mouth, you'll find what you believe about yourself because that stuff will just come flying out of your mouth. But more importantly, what we're talking about today is really managing your mouth so that the impression that you leave behind and what you, you know, want to have for your life is all powerful and positive. Right. And, and you're right in terms of 
thinking about it from that perspective too, even with those who, you know, you love, uh, love me. If I'm talking about my husband in a negative way to my friends, even if it's like, I'm just, you know, we've gotten in a fight and I just want somebody to talk to and whatever, but that still leaves an impression on that individual. So then my poor husband comes into that you know, right. group at a, right. you know, party or whatever, at a or see them out yes. and in the, in their thinking in their mind about the, you know, the things that I was bitching about, you know, they're not, they're not giving him Only the opportunity. They know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think that's so, such a valuable way to look at it too. The only way that, and if we, even if it's, if, even if you do know the other person well, so even if I'm talking about somebody else that we both mutually have a relationship with, what is the point? Are you trying to change my opinion of that person? So if I like Sarah, you know, and I think Sarah's awesome, and I just can't get enough of Sarah, or even I just think she's nice. I don't, it doesn't even have to be that big of an emotional thing to her. You know, when you get into it where I hear these negative things being said about that person and it's like they're trying to convince you to to agree with them. And so then it's like we you know, they can put more and more person on their side of the the line or whatever that's saying, you know, I'm this we're not friends with that person. So it's like I have never had any bad experiences with that person, but there's this expectation of through gossip or through these conversations that now suddenly I've changed my opinion of that person. Yeah, I mean, I do think that sometimes gossip is geared towards trying to get agreement. Right. For sure. And that's the thing is like, even though it may be subconscious, you might be changing or rearranging your molecules about how you feel about that person just by engaging. And you don't know Mm -hmm. because you don't, you know, everybody has their weird days. You never know what's happening. And so you don't certainly don't want to affirm things about people that aren't, aren't true. And again, when you're sharing about other people, same with your kids, man. It's so important. Like, you don't want to leave an impression with people about your kids that is just them having a bad day. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, you know. it's very true. Yeah. Kids have so, bad days, too. Question in this, in this sense of the word. One of the things that has come up recently, a lot recently is um sort of the pc nature of language Mm -hmm. and so we've been talking a lot about like you know the like the black lives matter movement or transgender rights or whatever it might be and one of the things that i get from people frequently is like why does it matter like what's that so what's the big freaking deal you know why does it matter that we say preferred pro- don't say preferred pronoun and say what's your pronoun why why are people so sensitive why do we have to, you know we're all like you know trying to walk on pins and needles i heard this conversation the other day about that person how, was white weren't they oh yeah totally <laughs> yeah i mean you never hear this from you know somebody well you know i mean it's i don't know but i think it's yeah i don't i don't need to be judgmental i'm just i just think that my assertion is that that would come from somebody who never, ever has had to experience life not designed just for them. Right. And I walk through a world of where life is not designed for me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a bathroom for me. Everywhere I, every time I go to the bathroom, I have, I'm hypervigilant. I think about the fact that I am in the restroom with people who, if they wanted to, could rape me. You know, like, that's just possible. I have all female parts below my waist. That's just what's so. 
So the world is not designed for me. The world is not designed for people of color. The world is designed for white people to succeed. So I think it's important that we validate through language because what we're I think what we're trying to do is shift it shift our paradigm to a world that works for everyone. And why is that so threatening to people? That's what I don't understand. Exactly. Like what, how hard is it for me not. to change my language? So this that's was what I would ask back is how hard is it for you to create a world that works for everyone? Because right now the world is set up for heterosexual white people. Right. I mean, yep. it's just designed for heterosexual white people. That's all there is to it. And anybody who is outside of that box of cisgendered, you know, heterosexual white people, it's not set up for the rest of us. And so we have to accommodate all the time. And so wouldn't it be awesome if we actually had a world that really worked for everyone? And language is a big part of that because, again, the only way we know ourselves is through our language. And, you know, part of the reason that it's a, the language is important is so people are known because being known, you know, there's a st statistic that um, my good friend is another a transgender woman was speaking the other day and said the statistics. And I'm, you know me, I'm terrible at statistics. I never remember that actual numbers. But there is some intense statistic about trans youth and suicide, a correlation between how validating the people in their lives are about their pronouns. Yeah. And about their existence because they're not known. But if you're going to, you know, you're going to deny somebody and call them, they ask to be called he and you're calling them she all the time and they ask to be called Sam and you're calling them Samantha all the time or, you know, like that, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. on purpose, you are invalidating that person at their core. So why wouldn't they want to kill themselves? Yeah. I mean, it's that important. It's So a, when it, you, yeah, that no, that's important. huge. I think that's a statement that. The huge I, statistic I, out there that yeah. about I don't know the numbers and I apologize that I I don't I'm not that guy but I never am but I will but I get the correlation right it is a matter of being known and validated and so language is so important because it's how we're known in That's, the world uh, it's the only way we're known in the yeah. world language and right now we have a world that is not set up for people of color and trans people and all kinds of different people to be known and to be validated and to have their worth affirmed. So, you know, the poor white dude, you know, that, how hard is it? Like that's, you know, hard. how hard is it? What, when you think about it in terms of the fact that it makes that it's somebody, if it was your friend, if it was somebody, if your mom asked you to say, call her mom instead of ma or right. instead of mother or whatever, right. like you do it because why not? You know, like that's yeah. how hard is it to just switch that, right. you know? Um, if somebody asks you to call them him or he or Z or whatever it might be, how hard is it to do it? And if you stumble... Here's the thing, and I think this is, uh, you know, from the other side of the perspective as an ally, if you stumble, it's okay. No one's right. asking you to, like, be perfect suddenly be able to be perfect at it all the time. But if you stumble, you know what? Acknowledge. I, I, I stumbled. I apologize. Right. And move on. Because then don't you don't have to make a huge deal out of it. Don't, like, right. oh, my God, I'm a horrible person. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, no, just acknowledge and 
so that they know that it wasn't something that was intentional. Because I think you live with, when you deal with it on the day in and day out basis, it feels intentional, even if it is, if it's an error. So like, just acknowledge and move on and do what people ask. You know, if somebody doesn't want to be called disabled and they want to be called differently abled, call them differently abled, (laughs) you know, know. like if somebody wants to be called Zoe instead of what, you know, whatever, who cares? Like in the long run, I'm not shoving it down your face. I'm not forcing you into some, to believe anything else. I mean, that's the other thing. You don't even have to accept me or accept who I am and do this. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that I don't get. That's what it's I like, have so much faith in the younger generation. I really think they're creating a world where, just like you said, it's permeating even, it's permeating, the, it's becoming the norm for kids to not be shocked by other kids wanting to be called, you know, they and them pronouns or things like that. It's just, it's becoming normal, which is fantastic because that's, crea- again, it's creating a world that works for everybody. And it really works. So language is powerful. Um and being impeccable with your word is how, you know, and speaking what we, affirming and speaking positively or powerfully about our lives is how we're known and how those of us that are queer trans are known is by having us exist. I mean, when I transitioned 15 years ago, none of this was happening. Right. Believe me. Jeez. So we're moving, but language is a powerful part of it. And what you speak is so powerful and if you can be intentional with your language and make that a practice you'll get better and better and better at it yeah yeah and it's again it's a muscle to flex it's don't make yourself wrong if you goof up but keep flexing that muscle around gossip and around only speaking what you want to affirm and i invite you to surround yourself by with people who are also doing that you know if you're constantly surrounding yourself by people who gossip and who are you know, not impeccable with their word, don't do what they say they're going to do, you know, that's, it's, it's life-sucking. That'll suck Mm -hmm. the life out of you. (laughs) It will. It sucks the life out of me. I can't even, if I end up in a situation where people are gossiping a lot, I have to remove myself. I just, it sucks the life out of me. I hate it. Yeah. And you just feel, you just feel. I feel icky. I feel like it's got something on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, But you don't even, if you're unconscious to that, you don't even get that it feels that way. No. So it's really about practicing and practicing and practicing and not making yourself wrong when you screw up, but just having a commitment to come out to be clean. I love and it when I, I think feel. Announcing it. I love that you say, I've made a commitment not to gossip. Right. Or, you know, I, you know, I just, they're not here. I'm not comfortable having this conversation. This, you know, this, it's none of my business. You know, those two statements, you're also inviting that other person to recognize what they're doing, you know? And that's such a powerful thing, something I've never thought about doing before. Jessica's better at that now. than me. Jessica, yeah. I've actually seen Jessica do that way more than I have, and, but it, it stops people right in their tracks because oh, yeah. people assume that you want to gossip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. have a nation that people assume right off the bat that you want to, you know? Yeah. So I've had people, I've been, one of the most powerful times I've ever seen happen was with Jessica when someone came right up to her and started talking about somebody and she was like, you know what, I'm going to stop you because I have a commitment not to gossip. So, and right out of that person's mouth, we're like, oh, I'm not gossiping. (laughs) (laughs) And and Jessica was like, great, we can just, then we can just talk about something else. Perfect. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. That's awesome. And, you know, she's gentle about it. She was loving, kind, you know, it was fine. But it's just, you know, it's important. So, good topic. 
Um, so again, if you have questions or topics like this that you'd like us to chat about, um, you know, go to the, you know, doing the work with Jay and Becca Facebook group. Yep. So ask us questions. We want to know what you guys want to talk about. Um, we're going to, you know, keep working through different things. If there's also, if you have anybody that, um, you think maybe would be fun for us to interview, or if you have, um, a willingness to come on and be coached, we'd love to hear from you. So, um, also one last request. If you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and give us a review. Yes. Yes. If this is your first show or you're at listen to all 19, it really is kind of a, like a little bit of love. Show us your love by going and leaving a review at iTunes. It's really easy to do. It takes about two seconds. So uh, appreciate the feedback. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. And we'll see you next week for episode 20. Bye. Bye, Jay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life. And here's what we want to leave you with. Whether you're just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations just to focus you in a direction of loving yourself, or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know and what we know is if you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're going to get there. And we're going to get there with you. So thanks for being with us. Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing, uh, sorry, info at jayandbecca.com. And that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview. Maybe you. You can reach us at our Facebook page too, right? Yep. Yeah, totally. So um, that's just facebook.com slash jayandbecca. All right. We'll see you around next time. Thanks for joining us.